Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. I think I first discovered Peter Noon's version of Oh You Pretty Things when I was researching a show we were going to do on David Bowie's connection to science fiction, his obsession with science fiction. There was a book out on that, and it was way cool. Um, but I didn't know that I didn't know of that song's existence until then. And I since then I've listened to it a lot. I love your version of "Oh You Pretty Things," not just because it has got a little Nielsen vibe in it, or a little Gilbert or Sullivan in there too. But I thought it was a, I thought it was really cool. How did you end up working with David Bowie on that release? Okay, it's you have to remember you you said it earlier that England is about the size of Alabama, right and Everybody knew everybody. We had about four different newspapers, weekly newspapers that dealt with the music business. So we were kind of all connected. It's like, it's hard to imagine how small the scene was and that everybody knew each other and knew where we were. And, you know, the Beatles are coming back on the 7th of September. You just, everybody kind of was connected somehow. And just to be in 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 a group made you part of a, I suppose it was a scene, a music scene. Right. And so he was this guy who was um, lived in Bromley and Kent, which was near London, but he was playing in all the local places and he was kind of like an early Peter Gabriel. He was like this oddity. Right. And he made a record space oddity and then he, he had a problem with his label and he was, he was kind of skint and he shows up at Mickey Most's office and he plays Mickey his songs. You know, I'm, I'm looking. You got wait till my wait till my um, record deal runs out, and these are the songs I'm going to record. Mickey Mouse is our producer and my right. best friend, and right. you know, everything. And um, and he and he plays him, uh, you know, a song called "Right on Mother," which I recorded, and and oh, you pretty, and it's all hunky dory, really. Right, and it's going to be hunky dory. And Mickey calls me and he says, have you ever heard of this guy, David Bowie? (laughs) Yeah, 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 David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, well, he's here in the office. And he he said, he's got a song that I think would be good for Herman's Hermit. She said, but it's so good. I think it should be your first single. I said, I don't don't really want to make a solo single. I'm kind of, I like Herman's Hermit. I like all records. And he goes, nah, come up, come over and listen to the song. So I come over to listen to the song and David plays it on the piano. And as it was, as it was then, we walk around, we walk down Wardour Street from Oxford Street, down Wardour Street. We go in the recording studio and we record his song. Only nobody can play the piano like he did in Mickey's office. Right. So we said, why don't you play the piano? And he said, well, I can't play it all the way through. Funny. <laughs> I can't play it all the way through. So Mickey says, well, play as far as you can, and then we'll stop, and then we'll edit. We'll do a thing called edit, which was a brand new thing. Right. And uh, we make, we, we, he plays it all the way through. I sing it, double track it, and that's on a Monday. And then Thursday, it's in the shops. Yeah. And it was a massive hit in England. So, yeah. So when you get a hit in England, once again, it's a small scene. And everybody knows everybody. So now you get, we're on top of the pops and we want to mime it because we don't think we can do it. Like, you, 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 can't, you can't mime it now. So you, the union says that you have to have the people who played on the record on the show. So now we've got Tony Wilson, who's the, the, the 
black bass player from a band called Hot Chocolate, who's the bass player on the record. We right. got um, Ariel Bender on guitar and David Bowie on top of the pops with this guy Herman from Herman Sherman. I'll be darned. And David shows up in a dress and a oh, hat funny. with a flower in it. Of course he would. Yeah, so we're on the on the on top of the pop singing "Oh, you pretty things" with a guy, you know, Herman Schumitz with a man in a dress. That's awesome! So it's pretty, pretty awesome time. And like yeah. within within, he liked the experience. You know, he liked working with other people outside of his thing. So sure, he did, he did the man who sold the world. He did with Lulu, and he did right. um, all the Mata, young dudes with Mata with Mata Hoople and, and right, yeah, and Lou Reed like, and every all that, oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic, fantastic person. Very quiet, but very, very, very nice person. You know, you know the two people that I think I'm the most like, and they're Brian Jones, who was in the Stones, right, and David. Not specifically, just you know, like you know, had a mom who watched out for us, and you know, we, right. were, we all went to grammar school, and we all did sort of fairly well at school, and. We all read lots of books before we became pop singers. Do you know what I mean? Sure. We were well-read people. Well, that's you know, what everybody, with that, that, everybody, that... Everybody thought he was, a, like Brian George, people say he was a horrible guy. He was always fantastic with me. We had nothing but fun. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah it was interesting to... David, the night we did the show on David Bowie, it was all about his obsession with science fiction and his the the number of books and articles and short stories he read that ended up going directly into, you know, Hunky Dory, Spiders from Mars. I mean, it was it was clearly like a direct channeling he was doing. Absolutely. Well, that's all. Obviously, most artists lift from work. Right. That they, that they know, you know, I mean, it's like... Uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, some things you just sometimes read something that really touches you, and you 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 own it. I mean, all yeah. that, all that, you know. Put any put another You know, the, the, the words for that song are clearly science fiction, and right. and you know, I did this concert with George Boy George recently. I went to see Boy George at Culture Club. And he came over to me, he announced me from the stage, and he said, that's Peter Noon. He recorded all oh, your pretty things. If you knew what that meant to boys like me, 12-year-old boys in England, seeing oh, interesting. TV with David Bowie in a dress, singing all oh, you pretty things, you'll drive your mama and papa's insane. It's great stuff, you know. I mean, it's quite, no, you, we didn't realize at the time how big an effect right. music had on, our music had on other people. We only knew how music, other people's music had an effect on us. Yeah. We didn't you know, know we would ever step into that arena. There's a there's an old expression, of course, that uh, good authors borrow, great writers steal. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was actually pretty... You know, you know Graham, Graham Goldman, who was... Uh, oh, I love Graham Goldman. Yeah, he wrote, like, Listen, People, Bus Stop, uh, oh, yeah. Heart Full of Soul, No Milk Today. Yeah, uh, you know, loads of stuff that we recorded first before and, Ten CC. Love. Yeah, which yeah, I love. Yeah. yeah, he was in a band called the called the Mockingbirds. See, it's a small scene again. He was in the Mockingbirds, and they recorded the first version of Fear Love, which never got heard. But it was that—that's the mm. version we did. We, we heard it, we did it, and then the Yardbirds did it. So uh, he, his father was a science fiction writer, was under a pseudonym. And non bloom, whatever you call it. And it uh, yeah. It's, Graham's father was a, you know, so no milk today and stuff like that are, are kind of, um, 
he told me that like listen people uh, was like i don't know if you ever saw tommy rogue sing everybody and and he goes everybody 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 got the blues which is not like listen people but you can see that he went for that right. energy listen people everybody right Isn't that interesting yeah no i i told which is you know which is again why i think what i really again when people are you know we're talking with peter noon of herman's hermits i love the that that joy that you had when you, i would sing you all, see you all especially in clips but i mean i'm old enough to remember seeing you sing on uh, on ed sullivan but i was i was a little kid but i remember it very clearly and my mother really liked your stuff and and so it was part of our household and we were, you know, we'd hear it on the radio and it was ubiquitous and in like, you know, as it was for everybody else in America too. But that you, ne- th- there was that joy that you had that, and I don't ever remember, I mean, I'm not asking you to tell stories, but I don't ever remember hearing you ever being involved in an ugly fight, thrown out of clubs, drug habit. You're just one of those guys who you just seem like you're so good in your skin and you knew the business so well and you still perform. I mean, I've watched some of your more recent stuff and you're still having fun and you're not conflicted about it. And there's just something marvelous about that. Well, you know, I, I, I am have fun, but once I, again, I've told you I'm lucky. And, you know, it's like I, I, recently I read Tom Jones's book, and Tom Jones was at the scene of two fights that I won. Because once upon a time I thought I was good at fighting, but I never won. Uh, and, and, and I read in his book, I'm reading the Tom Jones book, and suddenly I remember I'm reminded of being in Australia with Tom Jones on a beach when some thugs, you know, those those Australian surfers right. to pick on us. Uh, and I remember at the time saying, Tom, you know, maybe wearing the, the, the Cuban heel boots and a ruffle shirt and a toy right. or jacket on the beach. Right. 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 To its <laughs> I threatened them and they left us alone. And then another time in a pub in Shepparton, apparently in, in Tom's words, I chinned the guy, which means I knocked him out. Sure. I don't ever remember knocking anybody out. But I said, you know, Tom, you were at the two fights that I won. Please don't make it sound like I'm a fighter. <laughs> well, uh, I love that. But, you know, I, I got in trouble a lot of times, but luckily it was... I, yeah, but, I actually but, got in the paper once in England for being breaking into my own parents' house. I got arrested for breaking into my parents' funny. house. Funny. I came back from an American tour and my parents had moved. Oh, that's too funny. And you, you uh, didn't know that? I knew that they lived on Chestnut Avenue in Heighton in <laughs> Liverpool, and and I figured when I and I drove up, you know, got got off the plane in London from an American tour, and I drove into Heighton, and I didn't, I'd never been there before, and I figured I would be able to look through the windows and see something that I remember that was familiar, like, like a sofa. The little, Poodles with diamante eyes that I'd won at a fair or, or the right. Redwood collection or right. my dad's uh, Zane Grey collection. <laughs> and I'm peeking through people's windows and the police arrived and they arrest me. No, I'm like, oh. okay, yeah, 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 get in the car. That's too funny, but that's a that's a good kind of arrest. He'll take that. But I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, but what about my theory that you're a vampire because you never age? Can you can you confirm the fact that you actually don't age? Because I mean, I'm not saying that to be flattering. I'm not saying it's 
it's a little spooky. Yeah, it is a bit spooky. But, you know, maybe maybe my wife, when she sees me at 8 o'clock in the morning or people see me at the airport after a red eye, okay. know my, my real age. You know <laughs> okay. There's so much great energy in the songs that I sing. Yeah. They rejuvenate me. And, you know, when I sing I'm Into Something Good, I put myself in the studio with those boys making that record, our first ever record, and looking at each other and laughing. And, and, and when I see the Ed Sullivan show, I look and I can remember looking at the bass player because he'd screwed up and looking at him and laughing about it. But the audience right. don't know what we're laughing at. We're sure. laughing at ourselves. It's such right. a, a great joy. And look at all these girls screaming at me. You know, I mean, it's kind of the joy of it. And the, and the songs, see, the songs have got a kind of, that's the sort of spiritual thing. And it's in the songs. They still have this kind of magical energy. And, and some newspaper guy in England once called me Panglossian. And I thought it was an insult. But it <laughs> means, when I looked it up that night, you know, what I mean, Panglossian, right, right. how dare you? And right. it means like naively optimistic. Right. And I believe, you know, it's like I've been saying to my agent for years, uh, get, get busy, you know, I've only got 10 more years. Actually, right. recently I said to him, 11 more years. <laughs> but but that's, I truly believe that I've got 10 good years still with those well, songs. I, and I, I, it must be hard because of uh, COVID and some of the other economic forces that have prevented a lot of touring when this would have been a big time of year for you to do you know, summer yeah, fairs yeah. and yeah, all that. Yeah. But I, but it is interesting because I looked at, I was looking at your YouTube videos and you just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't seem to matter to me, at least as a viewer, the size of the crowd is you're still doing it. You are still that same performer that you were at 15 and you're, this is like your moment and you just seem to come alive and you're not, you're not bothered by how, the songs that people are making you sing, like you know, I just love that. But all the all the good energies within the songs, and people good. hear the song and they're happy. It makes them happy. And you know, this, we finish the show. We do the same beginning. I open the show with "I'm Into Something Good," and I go straight into "Wonderful World" because they mean something to me. Right. And I think the audience pick up on that. Not a bad thing, is it? Woke up this morning feeling fine, and then don't you know what a wonderful world. And then I've got listen people, and I end with, you know, near the end I do Mrs. Brown and Henry VIII. You, you know, Mrs. Brown, you got a lovely daughter. It's a very good song to sing. It's got great energy. It's a, it's a story of a boy who goes to his girlfriend's house. Nobody did that. Right. Nobody does that anymore. So they go, wow, that is a, that's so English. That's what English people must be like. Yeah. Calling the mum misses, you know, uh, Mrs. Brown, um, I've brought these flowers around for your daughter, but you can have them if you want, because if she doesn't want them, she'll throw them out. You know, it's just a great little story. It has it energy is. and life, and it's, and it's got some drama in it. And then I've got, there's a kind of hush all over the world, and I go, there's a kind of hush, and the oh, everybody in the audience goes, all over, all over the world. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, you know, uh, so when I had an interesting question, um, uh, George Carlin's nephew, a guy named Dennis, who I, I, I follow on uh, Twitter, asked me to ask you a question. When you check into hotels or when you did check into hotels, you obviously couldn't check in as Peter Noon because they'd be coming after you. What were some of the names that you would use in order when you tried to be anonymous or tried to avoid the crowds? <laughs> 
you know, we didn't, we weren't that cool. We, we checked in on our own names. Did you we really? Wanted girl, we wanted girls to find us. <laughs> well, that's great. We I'll take the, take the volume. <laughs> well, I'll take that answer, but I know from a few baseball players and other stuff I've known, that there's like an interesting collection of names they've used over the years. Yeah, I know people use Big Bill Broomsy and right. Nat King Cole and all that. Though. We we would just use our, you know, I, I was I have a lot of names. My real name is Peter Blair Dennis Bernard Noon. So I'd probably be Peter Blair or Blair Dennis or right. everybody knew what room I was in. Anybody who needed to find me could always find me. So another question, and then we're going to go to the phones here coming up, and everyone else is going to jam the phones, wanted to talk to Peter Noon. And I, so I'll, I will miss my opportunity if I don't take it now. Did you... Are you on other people's records? I know there was a lot of that kind of cross-pollinization you were talking about while y'all were tu- touring, but when you started to record, and it, do you pop up in the background, you know, singing choruses because you were down the hallway and somebody else was recording somewhere else? Are there things that yeah, you're lots, on that the rest of us don't know? Like what? Them, but how to remember, you know, I'm on a, quite a few Donovan records. And Are you? Uh, you know, what, what would happen is that you know, we were not competitors. Something happened to right. to the music business. I don't know, maybe in the 70s, I don't know, suddenly it became like this this competition, like a teen idol, American idol kind of singing competition. We didn't have any of that. You know, lots of, like Jimmy Page just happened to be in the studio do on another project, and we said, can you come and play this? And he, he, he didn't say, oh, I want a quarter of the song. Right, because I came up with the lick, you know. None of that. Everybody was kind of handy. I'm just. I was often at Donovan record recording. I went to all the animals recordings because Mickey Most would book them. Them the red eye thing. They'd go midnight till nine o'clock in the morning, and we'd be at the right. nine o'clock till noon. And that's the way it always was. So I'm on Donovan, and I'm on an Elton John record. I'm on a, you know, just people who whoever was recording. It didn't oh, not on any Beatles records. They threw me out every time I went near the studio. Uh, <laughs> Get rid of him. Uh, it's too funny. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.